0: Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Groningen, Netherlands with my new friend Kayla Ehrig of writingfromnowhere.com. She met her husband at Spanish school in Guatemala, and then they moved to Groningen for five years to be with family. She loves how easy it is to live there and enjoy all the city has to offer. In this episode, Kayla and I talk about exploring the Groninger Museum, visiting the Martini Tower, and taking a ride in the city's canal. You'll hear about these three amazing experiences and so much more. If you know someone that wants to visit the Netherlands, I'd love if you shared this episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide to Kayla's tips are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Groningen. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use Award Wallet to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash awardwallet to start your free account. Hey Kayla, welcome to the show.
1: Hi Lee, thanks for having me.
0: Today we're talking about a city that before we chatted, I'd actually never heard of before, but it's called G- a Groningen, the you know, Netherlands. And I know I butchered the name, and so I'm definitely counting on you to be able to say it properly and uh, be able to learn all about the city. And I guess it's kind of like a really cool spot that a lot of people go to Amsterdam and Rotterdam and and those type of cities, but maybe this city is a little overlooked when people are are picking where they're going to travel to.
1: You nailed it. It's totally overlooked, and you know you did a good job. Groningen is a perfectly acceptable pronunciation, but the locals, and if anyone is a native Dutch speaker, they're gonna cringe. But it's like a like the hairy G and the rolled R, so it's Groningen. But it sounded great the way you said it, and yeah, it's a great little destination in the north of the country. Nobody has, most people haven't heard of it or have never thought to go beyond the east or the west side of the Netherlands, but there is so much to see still and it's definitely worth people's attention.
0: Well, fantastic. I, I, and so like you mentioned that when you think of uh, the Netherlands, it's actually at the northern tip of the country, correct?
1: Yeah, it's at the north and most of the big cities are in the west. So that's the, that's the difference. There's kind of a bit of a cultural divide of the like kind of like traditional Holland. That's like where the name Holland comes from. That's like the province on the other side of the country and that's for all the kind of stereotypical things you know everyone thinks go for wooden shoes and tulips and prostitutes and you go to you know Amsterdam but the whole country has all of this to offer and th- there you can't find a bad part of the Netherlands to go to it's so charming it's like oozing charm out of the out of the row houses and
0: I know. I, I mean, I saw a lot of the photos that you that you sent me and then also just doing a little research on my own. And it seems like such a like a beautiful, like quaint city. And that's why I'm, I'm so excited to be able to present it to the listeners. And, and that way they can learn a bit, little bit about it. So what is your connection to Groningen? Like, how did you end up there? Because obviously, people listening can tell that your accent, like it doesn't sound like you have the native like Dutch accent.
1: No, I'm from Pennsylvania, but I was traveling um, on a solo uh, like digital nomad trip in 2017, and I met my husband in Spanish school in Guatemala, and we decided to come to his country so I could get to know his culture, meet his family, and it was supposed to be short-term. Well, it was We weren't planning any farther than six months into the future. We still don't. But uh, it was thought to be a short, uh, a smaller stint and ended up being five years where we'd let the Netherlands be our home base. And we traveled Europe and built our business. And yeah, so I spent five years living in Groningen, And I'd never heard of it. I had never been to Europe. I had never heard Dutch. I dropped off at the airport in Amsterdam, (laughs) fresh off the boat. I had no idea... I didn't know anything, and it's a lovely place. I was immediately charmed. Like it's so cute, and people kind of take offense to that in the Netherlands. But it is cute. <laughs> like the houses are cute, and everyone's on their bikes, and there's like no problems. Like you don't see, at least in the north, um, the Nether- in the in Groningen, you know, you don't see. No, you kind of. It looks like oh, society fixed its problems here. You don't see problems. And
0: and I think a lot of times, like when you say oh, it's like cute and stuff like that, it's almost like somebody patting you on the head. You know, maybe that's why they take a little bit of offense to it. But uh, I mean, I'm really excited. We're going to talk about you know some things to do there and how to get there and everything like that because I think that's one of the great things about this podcast is that we talk about a lot of these other cities that that are close to some of the really popular cities, but you got to get away from some of those popular cities to be able to kind of really experience what life is like in, in, in these countries. Right. And so when people are planning their their trip to, you know, Groningen, what's the weather like throughout the year is obviously, like you said, it is in the Northern part of the country. So maybe it's a little colder, you know, in wintertime and, and those type of things. And, and are there certain festivals or annual events that somebody maybe wants to plan a trip around?
1: The weather, it's damp. The whole country is very damp. They even have a term. So um, I think most of us are probably familiar with the term wind chill. And that's just referring to the temperature it really feels outside. But in the Netherlands, they have a term called water chill. And that's, it's like cold humidity. I had never experienced that. So it's very damp and incredibly cold in winter and dark as well. So um, between summer to winter, they lose eight hours of daylight. Oh wow! So it, the sun sets so early, and in summer it's amazing. Uh, the sun starts coming up by four a.m. You can see the first rays of sun, so you can kind of find your way home from the bar, <laughs> watching the sunrise.
0: <laughs> That's cool, and then also obviously, you know, I mean, I, I travel a lot with my kids and those type of things, and. When it gets dark, you know they start getting a little tired and grumpy and everything like that. And I think those longer days during the summer are wonderful, you know, especially when you're on a trip. You get to be able to experience more of the city. And I'm sure like the shops and the attractions are open a lot later during those hours as well, right?
1: Well, Dutch people are used to it. And um, I'm always amazed. I moved to the Netherlands during the coldest. It was like a record-breaking cold. It was a terrible weather. It was so cold. And people were still outside. It was like a Tuesday afternoon. And people are sitting outside on the terraces with blankets. People are having a good time, having a glass of wine. It's amazing that I feel like you can kind of see, I think it was Liz Gilbert who said that Americans know entertainment, but they don't know pleasure. And I feel like in Europe, everywhere, I find, man, you see it on display. Like you see the people just like take pleasure in things. And I'm here like dying in the cold thinking this is miserable. But if you they, well, they pull out a blanket, people will pull out their entire kitchen table and have dinner outside in the sun, even if it's cold. If the sun comes out on a February afternoon, everyone's outside. You'll see 80-year-old people sitting on the sidewalk covered in blankets. So they just enjoy it more. But as foreigners, it's not as easy. So it is nice to visit in summer. In summer, there's a lot of festivals as well. Like in May, there's a holiday. It's May, I think it's May 5th. It's Liberation Day is the English term. It originally celebrated whenever the Netherlands was freed from the Nazis. But now it celebrates freedom in a general sense. And like how wonderful, you know, it just takes a day. It's actually really lovely to just celebrate that fact.
0: So that's like the other Cinco de Mayo. (laughs)
1: Maybe it's not. Maybe it's the fourth now that you say that. (laughs) Um, Gosh, I'm I'm called out. (laughs) But it's called Liberation Day and there are festivals and concerts and good concerts, like huge festivals that are put on by the government. Good bands come. Bands that I've paid to go to a concert before. They come for free and put on these huge festivals. It's such a party. They, It's just really cool. You can hear the music for like miles because it's really flat as well. And the sound just travels. You can like hear the amps pumping music into the... Into the uh, the forest, it's so cool. And then in June, there's a jazz festival called Swing in Kroningen. And then in August, there's another big festival. It's like a whole art celebration that goes on for like two weeks, and it's called Norzon. And people come from all over for that. It is, it's just cool. It's like the real celebration. As soon as the sun's out, maybe that's like the nice side of. A bad winter that's really dark and cold is that in summer people are just enjoying life and you really see that with the events that the government puts on
0: absolutely and so okay so obviously you know you're american and you know coming from pennsylvania and everything so if, if any of our listeners that are here in the u.s want to come visit you know Gronigan, do, do we fly directly into the city or do we fly into amsterdam and and take a train there or like what's the process
1: the city does have an airport, but it's kind of under, it is underutilized. <laughs> so fly into either Amsterdam or Eindhoven. Those are the biggest airports. And then you take the train. It's about two hours, but you see the whole country, which is kind of cool. You can't have that experience in the US that you see the, you cross the entire country in an afternoon. So you see the whole country and you can fall asleep because it's safe and Hardingen is the last stop. So uh, the train staff will come wake you up. <laughs> if you're jet lagged, it's so relaxed. My husband used to take the train for home from work and I think he fell asleep half the time and was woken up by cleaning <laughs> staff and it's just one of those I don't know I kind of joke and call the Netherlands Candyland. you know the expats kind of it's like nothing bad that bad ever happens it's like somebody's cat was you know the neighbor was accidentally feeding it and thought it was their cat and here it was you know not and it's so sweet and Uh, You don't have to be on edge or kind of as defensive. And I know it's a little bit different in the West. Like there's a lot more pickpocketing and that happening in Amsterdam and Utrecht and Rotterdam. Those cities are densely, much more densely populated, but in the North, it's happy. (laughs) It's relaxed. You do not have to worry about walking anywhere, any time of night. You just don't have to worry.
0: Oh, that's wonderful news. Yeah. Like you mentioned about falling asleep on the train. Like I used to take the train when I lived in Southern California from LA to where I lived in Anaheim and- there were times where I fell asleep because I was like just exhausted from budget season, and they like I woke up in a, in a panic because I thought I missed my stop, right? No. And so it's nice that it's like the final stop that way. You like you say you can fall asleep and not have to worry about it and everything.
1: And I know the train freaks some people out because if you're not used to public transit, you're like, well, when's my stop? What if I miss it? What happens? And in Europe, you can like miss your stop and end up in the wrong country, you know, <laughs> which is a <laughs> funny problem. But you don't have to worry about that if you come to Copenhagen.
0: Yeah. So let's take a step back. Okay. So if we're flying over there, you know, I'm sure it's part of the EU and everything. So as of right now, we don't need a visa or anything else, just your passport to be able to in, and then when we when we land do you recommend getting like some pocket change for like you know local currency or can we use our credit card everywhere we go how does that work
1: you do not need local currency but you do need a debit card so there are laws in the netherlands about what can be bought on credit so for example at the grocery store you cannot use a credit card that they reject it even though on the little thing on the little sign it says visa accepted and your visa will be denied and it's not because your visa isn't accepted it's because credit cards are not by law you can't buy food that way so you absolutely need a debit card and everything here is contactless it's the pin like the little chip the cards here are more advanced than in the u.s a little bit more secure in that way but you can always get money out there atms everywhere it's just not necessary because everything is contactless
0: oh fantastic and then also i'm one of those typical americans where i don't really know much uh, other languages right and i know a few words here and there but for those of us that don't speak, you know, Dutch and and other languages, can we get around easily, or you know, is it something that we need to make sure we know some certain phrases uh, in the in the local language?
1: This is the best country in the world to not speak the local language, in if it's not English, yeah, Dutch speakers were just voted for the 50 year in a row the most proficient English speakers for a non-native English speaking country. So um, English, even little kids on the street will come up to you and have a conversation with you in English, and. You might even have the case where you go, especially in Amsterdam. In Amsterdam, 30% of people who live there are not Dutch-born. They're foreign. So you, especially you go into a bar or a restaurant, and half the times you can't even order in Dutch if you want to, because the person behind the counter doesn't speak Dutch. So English is very accepted in Groningen. It's more rural. The surrounding area is more rural. It's like the farming area, but you will not have a problem with English at all. And people appreciate it. If you say like donkey for thank you. And if you say, well, please is a difficult word. <laughs> I don't think you'll be able to say please if it's your first day with Dutch, but people appreciate it, but it is not necessary for tourists.
0: Okay, good. Now, Once we land, you know, obviously we land like in the the Amsterdam airport, we take the train to Groningen. uh, And then from like the the central station there, how do we get around? Is everything just walkable? Do we rent a car? Do we take public transportation? Like how do we get from the train station to our hotel and, and around to all the different attractions?
1: If your hotel is in the middle of the city, in the city center, you can't take a car there because the center is blocked off to cars, even public transit. So renting a car and get, or de- getting a taxi or Uber doesn't exist here. You need to walk or bike everywhere. And there are bikes. Bikes are an extension of the public transportation system. You can rent a bike at the central station. But please don't, unless you're confident, <laughs> because um, <laughs> you will hurt yourself and others. I've seen so many accidents by people who uh, thought it would be like a very Dutch thing to do to get a bicycle for the day, and um, it causes problems.
0: <laughs> sure, especially if you have your suitcase, right? I mean, I mean, it's hard enough riding your bike, you know, in some of these areas, but like trying to drag your suitcase behind you—that's probably not a good idea.
1: Dutch people can do it. Like a Dutch four-year-old could do it. It's amazing. They're so natural on bikes. So they Dutch people ride bikes more than any other country in the world. And there are more bicycles than people. And I kid you not, like a four-year-old is more proficient on their bicycle than I would say the average American would be, like riding for transportation. Because it's not normal in the U.S. to ride for transportation. It's like you're kind of like a you know, fitness enthusiast or, you know, you live in a city. Like whenever I lived in Chicago, I used to bike to work, but I was, my colleagues thought it was like a bit extreme. (laughs) And and it, it kind of is, I mean, in that traffic, but... Yeah, you'll see Dutch people transporting really interesting things on their bikes. And it's good to watch, but do not attempt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, well, let's talk about uh, like what some of the best hotels in Groningen are. Are there some of the, the major chains like Marriott, Hilton, Hyatt, etc.? Or is it more of just like the local brands there?
1: None of the major chains are in Kroningen. So my favorite recommendation is called uh, Schimmel Penning House. So that'll be in the link (laughs) in the description for anybody. Uh, It's a long word. But that is a little, it's like a kind of traditional row house. So the typical Dutch houses, it's a hotel in that style, and it's uh, a very cute building. It's in the center of town. It's the perfect location. Underneath of the hotel is a wine bar that is really nice to go to. Big comfy chairs, like a wood burning fireplace. Affordable. It's like a. It's it's just a gem. And then uh, they have a really nice breakfast. It's a super Dutch breakfast as well. It's like it's t- typical Dutch and. If you talk to the bartenders at the wine bar and you get them to chat with you, they might show you there's actually like a tunnel from the war in their wine cellar that was used to like transport people because Kroningen was occupied by the Nazis. There was a lot of fighting, a lot of destruction. And uh, yeah, one of the bartenders there showed me at once. And it was so cool to see like the literal tunnel that people used to travel underground and avoid the fighting.
0: Just being able to experience that history and just be able to kind of get a little glimpse of what it was like. I mean, that's that's incredible.
1: Yeah. And if you want to see the difference of the like kind of before and after in the war on the fist mart, which is the, the fish market, there is one side with the cute row houses, very old traditional style. And on the other side, it's modern buildings. And that side was destroyed in the war. So that was flattened and they just rebuilt, you know, well, after war, the thing about rebuilding is that, you know, you don't really take the time to get specific about styles. Um, you know, you're trying to you know, have schools again and have a grocery store again. So it's done a bit in haste naturally. So it does, it's uh you can see the difference. You can see the history. It's incredible.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And uh, the good thing is that it's kind of like that blend of the old and historic and like the new and everything like that. And obviously you wish that didn't happen with the bombing and, and the war, but it is interesting to be able to see that dichotomy and it's good that they have preserved a lot of those historic buildings and the, and homes.
1: Yeah, people still remember, maybe not people themselves, but they remember their grandparents. I met my husband's um, Oma, his grandma, and she told me about whenever the Germans came to her family and whenever they invaded. And people are still, if you're Canadian and you go to Croningen, they will love you. Uh, I've always been so jealous of Canadians because Canada liberated Croningen. Like specifically, Canada came and liberated the city. You can still see pictures of like them celebrating and like running through the streets. You know, like they were free. The war was over for them. Yeah, Canada. They have like a big maple leaf statue. It's <laughs> you will be fondly, you'll be warmly welcomed.
0: That is amazing. I, I love being able to kind of just learn the history and and how certain things happen like that. And that's that's part of like one of the things I love about traveling is is ex- experiencing some of that history and in understanding you know, how it came to be. That's really awesome. When we are planning our trip to, to Groningen, what are some of the best things to do in the in the city there?
1: If you like art, uh, there's a museum. It's called the Groninger Museum. That's a really nice art museum. It's the major one in the city. So that's for kind of art enthusiasts. Everyone, I should would say, everyone should go to the Groningen Forum. So that is the public library, but it does not look like a library. It's kind of more like a mall where you don't have to pay for anything. Uh, there's like gaming and a whole like a two-story children's play area it looks like it's an incredible place for the community um then there's like VR centers and books and workstations and a movie theater that you do have to pay for. And um, there is a small gift shop, but it's a very minor part of it. And there's a rooftop bar and terrace, but you can go up to the roof for free. And it takes you like five minutes because they build this really confusing escalator system where you have to like <laughs> zigzag your way across. Do not go in there if you're in a hurry. Leaving is like trying to get out of Ikea in a hurry. And you're like, where is the exit? <laughs> We're going to die in here we're never going to make it out. It's a beautiful building. It's been highlighted in so many architectural magazines. People come just to look at that building. But go all the way to the top and there's a roof and it is such a nice view of the city. You're kind of eye level across to from the Martini Tower, which is a church tower. That's kind of like the North Star of Groningen for a long time. I believe it was the highest point in the city for, for a long time. And you can see it from everywhere because the Netherlands is flat. No matter where you're at in the city, you kind of just have to turn around and look and find the Martini Tower and you can find your way back to the center of town. It's so nice. But to go up there at night, it's gorgeous. There are tons of people. It is like one of the hidden gems of the city.
0: That's really amazing. Um, now, when people think of like Holland and everything, you know, that's Amsterdam and the canals and everything like that, are there canals also in, in Groningen?
1: Oh, yeah. there are. Well, there's one canal that goes around the city. It's really cute. And then if you go to one of the parks, it's not as scenic, but... Um, if you go to the park, it's called the Nordiplonsoon. It's a really nice park. Uh, you'll see locals. If it's sunny out, it will be covered in locals. That area has, it's not canals, but there's little ponds. And that was actually the moat for the city whenever it was originally built. So you can see that history.
0: But then uh, obviously the city's has grown and, and expanded beyond that, right?
1: Yeah. And the canals are so cute. You should also take a minute, just like look into the canals and like see how many bikes you can find. It's like... <laughs> I spy twenty bicycles that have fallen into. The, there's a they're a little bit dirty. It's the only dirty part of Heronian, but it's it's really, they're really cute, and you can follow them the whole way around the center. It's really nice. That's one of the best things to do in Heronian: It's just get lost. Nothing bad can happen.
0: I've seen a lot of boats in the canals. Like, are there boat rides that you can? charter or anything like that?
1: Yeah, you can rent a boat and take it around the canals. A lot of people do that and drink a lot and kind of take it on. You see a lot of students, like university students, doing that. The houseboats, a lot of the boats you see, most of them are houseboats and people live on them. But in December, there's a festival called Winter Velvarts. And I might have mispronounced that. (laughs) Please forgive me, Dutch speakers. And they open up the boats, like the boats are lit up for Christmas, and they open them up to the public, and people get to go on and see what it's really like. But if you're not there in December, you can also go on the Panakouken ship, like the Pancake ship is the English translation. It's a boat in the canal, it's an old merchant vessel, and it's a pancake restaurant. (laughs) And it's a pancake in the Netherlands is different than a pancake. In the US, but it's interesting. Go there, they have savory pancakes. Uh, I actually don't love Dutch pancakes, but the Panakookan ship is so cool and it's a really interesting restaurant. It's like it's not very many people who can say that they've had dinner on a, a merchant vessel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the great experiences, right? It's just being able to enjoy the food and experience what like the culture is of of the local area through the food that they have. And, and so that's part of the joy of traveling. And, and so like, what are some of the other food experiences that we, we need to make sure we have when we're there in, in Groningen?
1: You should go to the fish market. So the fish market on Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday year round, it's full of little stalls and some of them, maybe half of them are groceries, but then the other half are cured meats, cheese, nuts, fish, bread. You should get the kibbling. It's kind of like chicken nuggets but fish and it's in this amazing batter and seasoning it's so good and if you're feeling adventurous you can eat the haring, which is raw pickled fish that they dip in onions and eat holding it by the tail. So it's kind of horrifying the first time you see someone eat one. I told my husband, "Don't look, but someone is doing some the person behind you is doing something disgusting." And he was like, "Oh, really?" And he looked out of the corner of his eye, and he said, "They're just eating the herring. <laughs> <laughs> they hold it by the tail, dip it in onions, and then you put your head back and eat it." And I can't do it. I've had a bite and I think I would eat almost anything before I would eat that again. It was
0: yeah, that's a that's a hard pass for me. <laughs> yeah,
1: but it's exciting to see you see a lot of the typical foods there. Get a waffle, the Dutch waffles. They're like two wafers with caramel inside, delicious. There's so much good food, and one of the most Dutch things you can do in terms of eating is get a sandwich. They're really into sandwiches. Um, it's called they're called brooches lo- locally. And get brochure from Albert Heijn. That is a blue grocery store. They are everywhere. That is like the grocery store chain. So go to Albert Heijn. And right whenever you walk in, there's a whole to-go food section of sandwiches and stuff. Get one and find somewhere sunny and sit and eat it. Get one. You can get one with Amsterdam cheese. And if you take that to the park and sit in the sun, you will look like a local. That is the local thing to do on a sunny day.
0: Nice, nice. And I was looking at some of the notes that you provided. There's... Like one meal that I think it's kind of like unexpected uh, there in Groningen, but it's also your favorite. I think maybe it's maybe kind of harkens back to like where you met your husband.
1: Oh, yes. My favorite meal in Groningen is um, Venezuelan food. And it's only really on Saturdays is the most predictable day. So it's at the market and you'll see a Venezuelan flag. And if you go there, you will see a crowd of people for the arepas. And they are, it's just one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. Every time, it's just as good. And you have to wait like 30 minutes because they're so popular. There's only three people who work this little stall and it is just the best food. But if you're not there on a Saturday, in my opinion, you have to go to Head Concert House, which is a kind of, it's it's like half vegetarian, half non-vegetarian restaurant. It's in the old concert house and they have all these remnants of it. So you can you can feel that this was like a repurposed space. It's a very cool space inside. There's board games, you can uh, sit on your computer. It's just super cool. And the food is amazing and they bring out like course after course. It's kind of expensive. I want to say it's maybe like 20, 25 euros a person, but you get so much food that you cannot eat at all. And it is so it's always different as well. And you can tell them, like, oh, someone in the group is vegetarian. That's me. I'm always like the dead weights on going out for meals. Because there has to be something vegetarian on the menu for me. And yeah, that place is just to die for. I don't think anyone has ever had a bad meal there. And Sunday brunch there is even better. It's a Sunday brunch buffet. It's just to die for.
0: Fantastic. Now, one of the things I know a lot of people go to Amsterdam for is the coffee shops. Like, is that something that's primarily just in Amsterdam? Or is that like something that is throughout the country?
1: Oh, it's everywhere. But I have to ask, are you referring to coffee or marijuana?
0: Yeah, not coffee, like not the one that you drink, the one that you smoke. Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah, those are everywhere. Yeah, you can have them really every. And I don't have anything bad to say about Amsterdam, but I do always try to encourage people. Anything you want to do in Amsterdam, you can do in Groningen. There's the Red Light District. There's uh, coffee shops. There's great locally brewed beer. There are tulip fields, wooden tulip fields, wooden shoes, canals, street houses or uh, row houses. It's it's so cute. But yeah, you can do the coffee shop thing. It's You'll, you'll smell it. <laughs> you'll smell it in the center. <laughs> I don't have a specific recommendation for you because it's not my scene. But um, I could tell you. I mean, I know where they are. You smell them going by. But yeah, people are very mellow.
0: Yeah. I, I think the people that are into that type of thing are the type of people that will easily find it, right? Yes, so.
1: very much so. Yeah. Now,
0: one of the things that like when I took my son to, to Amsterdam that we took a day tour out – and saw some of the windmills. Like you said, like everything you find in Amsterdam, you're going to be able to find in Groningen. Is that the same thing? Are there like windmills and those type of things out there as well?
1: Yeah, they're not in the city center, but you can take a day trip and see the windmills. There's two the fields nearby as well. I mentioned that, but that's a very specific window of time. Um, there's even a, a windmill. I believe it's still active for fun. You know, obviously no one's like making flour this way still, which is what they used to do, but yeah, you can go, you can buy a bag of flour made by the windmill. I don't know the exact name off the top of my head, but it's the most popular one in the region.
0: I did a little research and the, I found one, I, I can't say the Dutch you know, language version, but in <laughs> English it's called the white lamb. And it's like, I guess it's like Northeast of the city, close to a village called a uh, Zvidvolde or something like that. It's pretty close, everything. And so if if you're really in the windmills, then uh, then that's there as well. So if you want that part of the experience.
1: And I'm sure that's accessible by bus. The Netherlands is incredibly well-infrastructured. It's amazing. There are buses going to every small village, every little, <laughs> every attraction you can get there. So it shouldn't be too hard. Google Maps is incredibly resourceful to get you there on public transit.
0: Absolutely. Well, well Kayla, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips about Groningen I've learned so much, and it's definitely going on my list of places to go visit. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visit Groningen, where should they go and what should they eat?
1: They should go to the Sunday brunch at Hip Concert House, and it's a full buffet of breakfast foods.
0: Right on. Uh, anything uh, that you highly recommend on the, on the menu there?
1: No, go hungry and go with a lot of time You and eat everything because even if you don't know what it is, even if you look at something, you're like, is that sweet, salty? I have no idea. Get it. Eat it. Nothing there is bad.
0: Right on. Now, like you said, you you lived in Groningen for, for about five years or so, and I'm sure you created a lot of like, wonderful memories. What's one of the most memorable uh, experiences?
1: My nicest memory, I think, was getting – I actually got Dutch citizenship in March, so I naturalized and became, became Dutch, <laughs> so I'm dual citizenship now. And I had my ceremony at the kind of city hall in the chamber where city hall meets. And it was just really special coming out of there with a big, you know, certificate and knowing that I had finally done something that a lot of people have done over the course of history. I felt very connected to all the immigrants of the world. And it was a really nice celebration that the city put on for us.
0: That's really cool. And so do you now have like dual citizenship or is it just Dutch or do you get like both passports?
1: Yeah, I get both. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's really, really cool. nice.
1: Yeah, that's why we're in we're Croatia now for a few months because, uh, yeah, I could travel anywhere in the EU openly.
0: That's fantastic. Now, uh, speaking of good times and good memories, uh, where's the happiest happy hour in Groningen?
1: Oh, um, it's kind of a little neighborhood bar called uh, Dimina, which means the the mistress, I believe, or the lover. I forget the exact translation, but it's a really cute old little bar just tucked away in the neighborhood. It has big string light, like string Christmas lights outside and people just smoking all, all night outside with beers, no matter how cold it is. People just are having a good time playing card games. It's like so warm and cozy. It's actually the Dutch, what they call it, gezellig, which means like Uh, It doesn't directly translate into English, but kind of like cozy and warm and uh, like feeling good.
0: There was a trend for a while a couple of years ago called a... Higgy? Higgy, yeah, the Higgy.
1: Yep. (laughs) That's That's easier to say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizzas. So what's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Groningen?
1: Hmm, I'm a vegetarian, but you cannot go wrong at Il Sonio.
0: Nice. It's obviously with a, that Italian name, I'm sure they got like the, the, the thin crust pizza from like a, from Italy.
1: Mm, it's delicious. It's not as thin as Italy. I actually just ate pizza in Italy like two nights ago. And I thought, man, nothing is as thin as Italian pizza,
0: Absolutely, <laughs> but
1: it's delicious.
0: Right on. And so I know that you're, you're a travel writer. You have a book that we're going to talk about in a minute. And like, obviously traveling as an expat, you've experienced a lot when you're traveling around. So what's one of the best travel tips that you have?
1: Always take rain gear. All of your rain gear. Take rain pants, a rain jacket, and an umbrella. And then you never end up staying inside or getting soaked like to your underwear. I mean, that's miserable. And then you never feel like you're missing out because the weather's bad.
0: No, absolutely. Uh, it's one of those things that you know you don't want to go. Especially you know you got limited vacation. You spent all this money going on the trip. The last thing you want is to like be stuck in indoors for like five days of your seven day vacation.
1: No, no. Or you think, Oh, let's just wait until the rain stops. Um, you will not be, I mean, I've gone to places, we were just in Montenegro for 10 days in May and it downpoured and I like, it was like flash flood level rain for nine days.
0: Oh, wow. Well, that, and the other thing is like, you know, I have young kids, they're eight and 12 right now. And it's like, sometimes you just got to have the mentality of like, I'm just going to act like a kid, you know, and get out of the adult. Oh, I I can't be wet, whatever. Just go and, and have fun. And, You're going to laugh and you're just going to have a great time with or without the ring gear, So, but preferably with the ring gear.
1: Nobody wants their (laughs) jeans to be wet for the next five days, whenever
0: you're, (laughs) you know, they
1: get so soaked and then they don't dry. Oh, and there aren't dryers and there aren't dryers here. So no. Like
0: Everything's like hang dried, you know, from like the lines. Yes. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. Well, again, Kayla, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah. So I'm a writer and I actually have a book coming out in January called How to Be a Digital Nomad, Build a Successful Career While Traveling the World. So that's something I've been doing for years now, working online and using that as a vehicle to travel more. Um, right now, my husband and I are traveling full time. We don't have an apartment. We got rid of all of our stuff in in six months ago. So we've just been drifting around the world and having a great time.
0: That is so awesome. Yeah. It's one of those things like like I said, I have the kids and so it's like you you don't want to run around with them. And But I, I admire people like you that just get to go and experience all these amazing places all over the world. And as they, as they float out and you graduate high school and go off to college and I may be joining you. So I got about another 10 years or so, but <laughs> but I'll be there. But anyways, if somebody has questions about your book, about your writing or about Groningen or any of the other cities that you're, you're currently traveling to, what's the best way to reach you on social media?
1: Uh, you can actually send me an email directly at Kayla at writing from nowhere.com. Writing from nowhere is my website. So if anyone wants to just email me directly, and I would also love to connect. I'm very active on LinkedIn and on other social platforms. I know all the links will be there, but uh, everyone is welcome to yeah, say hi, ask questions, anything directly.
0: That's fantastic. So I really appreciate you being a resource, everybody, and we look, we appreciate the conversation and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Lee.
0: What an awesome conversation with Kayla i visited Amsterdam a few times, but I'd love to explore smaller cities like Groningen the next time I'm there. You can find all the links we talked about today and our one-page guided cablist tips at wetravelthere.com forward slash Groningen. We want to say thank you to Award Wallet for being today's affiliate partner. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Award Wallet to start your free account today. Join us next time as we head to Winnipeg, Canada to speak to my new friend Mike Green of TourismWinnipeg.com. In this episode, Mike and I talk about exploring Asana Boeing Park, attending the Festival de Vieux and sampling all the foods at the Forks Market. We hope to join us when we travel there. I love hearing your feedback about the show. Send me a tweet at WeTravelThere or email me at WeTravelThere.com forward slash contact to share your thoughts. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and tell me what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations.